Support comes from the Missouri Forest Products Association. Missouri produces wood pallets, railroad ties, white oak barrels, hardwood floors, and more. Details on the variety of products made in the state are at ChooseWood.com. From the St. Louis Public Radio Newsroom, this is The Gateway. It's Monday, August 3rd. I'm Wayne Pratt. Horse tracks in Illinois resumed operations in June after being shut down in March because of coronavirus. The reopening came with a catch. No spectators. That is forcing Fairmount Park in Collinsville to shift away from how it usually makes money. We have food and beverage revenue. We have admissions. Um, You know, a lot of people take advantage of the valet and all that. So all of that, even when we open, will now have to be reevaluated because of COVID. In just a few minutes, St. Louis Public Radio's Eric Schmidt reports on how the pandemic is affecting the racing season at Fairmount Park. Missouri residents go to the polls tomorrow with a chance to expand Medicaid in the state and to vote in some key local races. St. Louis Public Radio's Rachel Lippman has a preview of the August primary. Right now, Missouri has some of the tightest limits on Medicaid eligibility for adults. If a majority of voters say yes, up to 250,000 more people could get health care. In the city of St. Louis, the marquee race is for circuit attorney. Kim Gardner, the first black person elected to that role, is seeking a second term against Mary Pat Carl. Both women are running on themes of reforming the justice system. St. Louis County voters will pick the Democratic nominee for county executive. They'll also decide whether to make a number of changes to the county's charter, including gender-neutral language. More than 130,000 people requested absentee ballots in the St. Louis area, a record number. Elections officials say they have procedures in place to get those ballots counted on time. I'm Rachel Lippman, St. Louis Public Radio. An elephant calf born at the St. Louis Zoo last month has died. The zoo says keepers made the decision to euthanize the male calf named Avi after his health deteriorated rapidly. The calf had been unable to feed on his own since he was born with developmental impairments. The zoo's veterinary team will perform the animal equivalent of an autopsy. The results will not be available for several weeks. The St. Louis County Library will use $4 million in federal money to make sure students in public and private schools have what they need for virtual learning. County Executive Sam Page announced yesterday the system will distribute more than 12,000 hotspots and 2,500 Chromebooks. Page says a survey earlier this year found at least 10,000 county residents do not have high-speed Internet access at home. This isn't going to be a school year that anyone wanted but we're going to work to make it as safe as possible. And every St. Louis County student will have the technology that they need to be successful in a virtual classroom. Page is also making funds available for professional tutors. Coronavirus outbreaks at meatpacking plants are leading to meat shortages and higher prices. St. Louis Public Radio's Jonathan All reports Missouri is using federal coronavirus money to prevent that in the future. Missouri is using some money from the Federal CARES Act to help the meatpacking industry. The money can be used to buy protective equipment or give workers hazard pay, but it can also be used for more permanent upgrades like new machines or plant expansion. 
Davin Altoff with the Missouri Department of Agriculture says the grants are looking beyond the short term. If we have a future pandemic uh, of, of, of other kinds, um, I, I think, you know, the meatpacking and processing industry is really looking at ways to um, build resiliency even beyond COVID-19. Missouri is putting $20 million towards its program with maximum grants of $200,000. They are also targeted to smaller meatpacking operations. In Rolla, I'm Jonathan All, St. Louis Public Radio. The pandemic has put the St. Louis Cardinals in limbo. The team did not play scheduled games over the weekend in Milwaukee because of positive COVID-19 test results. The Cardinals are slated to play four games starting tomorrow in Detroit. Those contests are also in jeopardy pending more test results expected today from the team. The Blues, on the other hand, have resumed defense of their Stanley Cup championship after a months-long pandemic delay. They lost a heartbreaker to Colorado 2-1 yesterday. That winning goal was scored with .1 seconds left in the third period. The Blues games are being played in a bubble in Edmonton. St. Louis area native and former Blues player Cam Jansen says he is surprised the league has found a way to get players back on the ice during the pandemic. I was even saying, just let it go. Just start from scratch. But once they start putting things together and you can see it, you're like, oh my God, okay. The NHL's bubble season will end in late September or early October if the pandemic does not force officials to call it off sooner. Fairmount Park Racetrack in Collinsville was shut down in March because of coronavirus, just as this year's racing season was about to begin. Live racing resumed in June without spectators. As St. Louis Public Radio's Eric Schmidt reports, the track, which has struggled for years, is reporting mixed results from racing during the pandemic. In a normal year, the stands at Fairmount Park would be packed with people every Tuesday and Saturday, there to watch the horses fly around the dirt track. But races at Fairmount this year sound very different, thanks to the global pandemic. There's no roar from a crowd of spectators. There's no bugle call to announce a race. The track is basically empty, except for the horses that are actually running. Absolutely no one here now. That's Melissa Helton, Fairmont Park's president and general manager. She says not even workers at the track can be in the stands during a race. Helton says she was nervous when she first heard fans would not be allowed at the track when races resumed. What was going through my head is this is going to be a big expense because no actual income from at the property level. The track still has to pay for the purse for race winners, utilities, facility maintenance, and employees. Without any spectators, Helton says the track is forced to rely on online betting or off-track betting parlors. And that's our mainstream of revenue right now. It's very hard, but you know, not having people here. These options aren't great for the track. Helton says the majority of Fairmount's nearly 10,000 weekly visitors come from Missouri, a state where residents cannot use the track's online betting platform. She adds most of Fairmount's revenue comes from spectators. We have food and beverage revenue. We have admissions. Um, You know, a lot of people take advantage of the valet and all that. So all of that, even when we open, will not have to be reevaluated because of COVID. Um, and all that, we may not ever be able to open ballet. The state's changes to horse races are also frustrating for those who are still gambling on them. Betting parlors are open, but people aren't allowed to stay inside. They have to leave immediately after placing a bet. Outside an off-track betting parlor in Sage, I met Steve. He didn't give his last name because he didn't want his boss knowing he was gambling on a day off from work. 
Steve says the new restrictions remove some of the fun. You have to have a program. You have to know what you want to bet. You can't watch the race. You've got to check it online or come back later to see the results. So it takes that kind of group feel away from it. He says gambling on horse races is social for many people. I don't think it's any different than a restaurant or a bar. It's a social aspect. They come in here, they may only spend, you know, 10 or 20 bucks in a day, but it's something that gets them out of the house and it gets them involved with other people. For horse owners, trainers, and other track workers, getting back to racing represents a lifeline for their business. Jim Watkins is the president of the Illinois Horsemen's Benevolent and Protective Association. It was not like being um, unemployed. Our work was still there, our costs were still there, but any earning opportunity we had was taken away with uh, with no racing. He says this year he was expecting to race 60 days at Fairmount. During those 60 days, we have to make a, enough money to sustain our businesses for the entire year. It's so greatly magnified every day that we were losing. The state lockdown in March, April, and May wiped out nearly half of Fairmount's planned racing days this year. Now there are only 31. Watkins says he's relieved the track is running races again, but admits the current situation is challenging, especially since Fairmount is paying out larger prizes compared to last year. It's not a great business model for Fairmount Park without spectators, but with the online wagering, they're able to make it work for us. He says that model should work for the rest of the racing season, but the track will have to reevaluate for 2021 if the pandemic persists. Watkins says the coronavirus added to the other issues Fairmount was already facing, like declining race days in attendance. But he says the track's commitment to racing, even with restrictions, speaks to the future that he and park management see in last year's gaming expansion, which could bring sports betting and a casino to Fairmount. The big thing that the Fairmount Park Management and ownership understands is when we do get you know, the ship righted and the racino here, that having this strong racing program is going to do nothing but add to the overall program. Watkins says he remains hopeful the track will rebound from the pandemic. Reporting from Collinsville, I'm Eric Schmidt, St. Louis Public Radio. Our Fred Ehrlich edited that report. Shula Newman is the executive editor of St. Louis Public Radio. Music by Ryan McNeely of Adult Fur. Before wrapping up, a St. Louis area astronaut is back on Earth after completing an historic mission to the International Space Station. Splashdown. As you can see on your screen, we have visual confirmation for Splashdown. SpaceX copies and concurs. We see Splashdown and mains cut. Dragon Endeavor has returned home. That audio is from NASA TV. Astronaut Bob Bankin, who grew up in St. Anne, and counterpart Doug Hurley splashed down in the Gulf of Mexico yesterday afternoon, ending a two-month mission involving commercial space company SpaceX. It was the first U.S. splashdown for a spacecraft in 45 years. I'm Wayne Pratt. From the St. Louis Public Radio Newsroom, this has been The Gateway. Support comes from the Missouri Forest Products Association. Missouri produces wood pallets, railroad ties, white oak barrels, hardwood floors, and more. Details on the variety of products made in the state are at ChooseWood.com.